In today's episode, I talk about a subject that is really near and dear to my heart. One that I get a lot of questions about and one that I think that when you understand it as a parent, it allows you some breathing room. It gives you a little grace and a little movement and an understanding of what your kids are going through. And I just scratch the surface on this information. I just tell you, give you insight to one very large aspect, the foundation of what children going through grief go through. And so in this in this episode, just listen in and realize that they're learning as much as we're learning. So listen in and I hope this comes as a comfort to you and helps you on your grief journey. Hi friend, I am so excited that you're here to check out Her Restored Spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom, and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope, a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book, because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. Parenting is so hard. And really, I could just do the little mic drop and end the podcast there, and I think that everyone would feel the truth. But then you add an extra element. And it's actually a double element of parenting grieving kids through your own grief. Then you realize the parenting parenting is even harder. This is a subject that I have talked to to multiple people, multiple clients, multiple friends, This is a subject that when I was going through my master's program for marriage and family therapy really interested me. And I did a lot of research and a lot of papers on it. I I dove into what it means to parent grieving children. My children were two and four when their dad died. So really their entire life has been surrounded by grief. There's been some element of grief to every part of their day. Every birthday, every party, every milestone. It's that idea that sadness and happiness are both held in different hands together throughout every event. And so how can you parent grieving children? And then you throw that extra element of Grieving yourself, grieving whether it's the loss and death of a spouse or grieving the relationship through a divorce. 
And yes, the grief that a child has would be a little bit different through a divorce than loss of a parent. But there's still that grief of the loss of a way of life. Their world collapsed. Their world crumbled and changed completely in a matter of moments. So what do you do with that? How do you manage that? How do you know when grief is the issue and not normal kid stuff? How do you react to separation anxiety to a grieving child? Well, let me tell you a little bit about what I've learned. I remember my daughter at two, she had separation anxiety. She loved her mama. She still does. And she never, she never wanted to leave my side. And then enter her dad leaving on deployment. When he left, he told her, he tucked her in, told her that he loved her and said that he'll see her again soon. Now you're already thinking, because now I'm thinking, well, why would you, why would you promise something that you can't guarantee? Well, he never promised. And really he did see her again soon. He saw her on the computer over, it, well, it wasn't FaceTime, um, Skype, I think it was in 2012. And so for two weeks, that's the relationship that he had with the kids while he was deployed. And really, that wasn't new because even when he wasn't deployed, there was still, he was away on business. Um, when you're in the Air Force, you're gone for periods of time. And being a pilot means you're gone for even longer than that. And so seeing her dad on the computer was not a unique experience. And so she had separate separation anxiety as the same as a normal two-year-old. And then she realized that she couldn't get her dad on the computer anymore. She saw the people in and out, and she was two. She doesn't understand. Um, she felt the energy. She saw the tears. She knew that we had gone all over the United States very quickly and flying from here and there with strange people and strange buildings. And all of a sudden her separation anxiety gets stronger. She pulls me over and she comes, goes to the computer and says, get daddy now. And in her little demanding voice and me within months of losing my husband, trying to fight back the tears and say, well, honey, do you want to watch a video of daddy? Um, daddy's not, daddy's not there. He's in heaven. And that started a spiral for her. The separation anxiety got more intense. And so how do you, how do you treat separation anxiety? You know, they tell you just to drop and go, drop and go and be on your way. They'll cry for a short time, but you know, as well as I do, you can't just say, well, you know, I'll be back. 
Because in her little life, in her experiences, and in her most recent experience, her parent left and never came back. And she doesn't even know what this means yet. All she knows is it's different. That was my first instinct that parenting just changed. I mean, I knew, I mean, in an instant, I became a single parent. I knew that it was going to be different. Dee was the fun one. He was the life of the party when, when he was at home and everyone looked forward to him coming home. So I knew that it parenting was going to be diff- difficult. But that's just one more layer that my mind had to grasp. And so when I entered, when I got into my program for marriage treatment therapy, um, surprisingly grief is not something that you study often. Like I think we had a two-week period where we studied grief. But I knew that that was going to be my focus. And so from day one, anytime we could choose a focus, that was my bent. That was my theme. That was what I poured my heart and soul and research and time into. And I am so thankful I did because it really did help me understand the process of grief and what it does to not only to your your heart, but to your mind and your body and your soul, because it really does affect every part of you. So let me let me talk about child grief for a moment. As an adult, our world experiences, our paradigm, we have years of experience to understand that death is a part of life. We understand how trials happen and you get through them. You live through them. You breathe through them. Kids are still learning concrete thoughts and concrete actions and they are still building their paradigm they're still discovering the world through their developmental stages and grief has a big part in that now from the moment they start grieving you start to realize you you understand depending on what age they are kind of what their view of grief is the same as what is their view of life what is their view of peekaboo or you know all the things that they go through to learn all these abstract theories and abstract ideas and making sense of things that are more developed and you know more black and more gray than black and white you know they start to add some depth to their understanding And as they reach developmental stages, they reprocess things and they understand it at a deeper level. And that's what happens with grief is every developmental stage, they reprocess their grief from the beginning. They have a new understanding. They have a new depth of experience. They have a little more experience and their world understanding of it is a little bit broader simply because of the year or two years or the time that they have lived and understood more as well as their brains are developing and they are learning more about 
abstract concepts. So just take a moment and realize every developmental milestone, every two to three years, they reprocess grief all over again. Their understanding is is a little bit more mature and they grasp their loss a little bit more. When I learned that, my heart broke. I remember my daughter was five years old. She started to have nightmares. And that's when I started learning about this and realizing that at five, she was reprocessing the grief from the beginning. These nightmares that she was having were so intense and so real to her because she was trying to understand a concept that she knew a little bit. She was trying to resolve what she knew to be true and what she was learning with the fact that her dad still wasn't there three years later. So at three, at five, at seven, at six, at eight, at 13, at 16, at 21, every time they have a developmental stage, they reprocess their grief all over again. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I could handle that. Going back to the beginning and starting over every few years. So with that information, understand that a little grace and, and the questions, when they ask you the same questions over and over, it's not because they were not listening to you. It's because their little minds are trying to have a richer understanding. They're trying to rationalize what they know, what they think, and what's going on. And with their new maturity and their new worldview, they're trying to reprocess those old thoughts and see which ones are still valid, which need to change, and which they can throw away. Now, I know I talk about my daughter a lot. Her, she doesn't mind. She understands her emotion. Her emotions are so real to her. She's an Enneagram four self proclaimed. Um, she took the assessment and was almost in tears because it, she's like, they understand me this. It's so true, mom. And so I talk about hers just because her experiences are so deep. And learning things at two and then learning them now at 11, I can see a wide range of her emotions and how it affects her. But with my son, he's physical. He has to physically get things out before he can emotionally handle things, before he can emotionally deal with the the weight of the feelings. He has to get it out physically. And if he doesn't have an outlet, then it turns to a a not very healthy outlet. We got a punching bag early on. And if you don't have a punching bag, oh man, it is a game changer. 
just going out and beating the crap out of it for three to five minutes and letting the kids do the same thing, it feels so good to get that emotional energy physically out. And so he would do that when he's at home, but when he's at school, it came out in other ways. He got frustrated really quick. He got in trouble in school. And I remember his second grade teacher. Why now? This is not the Isaac I know. What, what is going on? And her words, it was that, that, that aha moment that I was like, I, I did not remind you what time of year this is. This is in between his birthday and our Heaven's Day. And it is the most emotional time for our family. And this was early in our, you know, he's in second grade. So that's what, seven? So three years, three to four years after the accident. So he's reprocessing it. And I didn't give the teacher a heads up about it. Um, that was actually about the same time that my daughter was having the nightmares. So it was a real delight at our house at that during that phase. Um, just, yeah, a real delight. Such a breeze. But luckily, I, I knew what was going on. And I could help the teacher understand and give her the words to talk to him. I can talk to the talk to, you know, I can just talk to whoever needed, whoever was around my kids and let them know the people who needed to know, share with them what was going on and just give, help them give the kids a little grace or guidance. And so back to the separation anxiety, because I know many of you have kids who have separation anxiety due to losing a parent and you can't just rip off the bandaid. Now, you know, your child and you know if that is what they need, then you you do it through tears. You do it through their tears and you do it through your own. I knew my daughter, I had to give her a set time of when. I mean, she was two and she could not tell time until she was in kindergarten. But she could know the big hand and the little hand. And when the, when the little hand was on the three mommy would come back and get her and that she needed that concrete response. She needed that concrete decision. And I had to show up the moment that she was ready for me. Now, luckily, again, she can't tell time, Um, but I knew that that was something she needed. And so I made sure that I was specific about, okay, this is what mommy's doing. This is where I'm going. This is who you're with. And if you have any trouble, this is who you can talk to. And I did not, I did not coddle at this point because I knew that for a little while she needed to stay close to me. But I also noted, knew that I needed time to take care of my own grief. And so if she can go to a Mother's Day Out program twice a week. And in a safe, loving environment that she already knew, then that was that was what's best for both of us. And so I would leave her there. Um, Isaac would be there too. And the teachers knew that if she needed to just see Isaac, she could. If they needed Isaac to come over and just, you know, let her know that everything's okay, 
and just say, hey, I'm here too, just in case she felt like she was all alone. But you have to just remember your words matter. You can't say that you promise you'll be back because already they know, even though they don't really understand, they know that their their dad or their mom said they'd be back and weren't. So you can't take that for granted. So when you are looking at child grief, understand that every time they ask you a question, every time that they are going through something like separation anxiety, you have to kind of step back and look at it from their perspective. Understand what do they know? What do they understand? What information do they have And what information do they need in order to feel safe? And then you have to work through that and give it. Linda's had a routine, hugs, kisses, high fives. And I would tell her what time I would get back and she'd be fine. If I forgot part of that routine, then it would be a mess. Again, it helps that she knew the people that I was leaving her with. She loved the people that I was leaving her with. And so there's that familiarity, but there was still that worry. So when you're thinking about kids and their grief, there's two aspects that you need to acknowledge. One is realize that everything is a little harder because of your own grief. Every element of parenting is a little bit harder because you realize that you are the sole, you carry the sole burden, the the sole responsibility this soul determination. And that's really heavy, especially when you're trying to figure this parenting stuff out to begin with. And then you realize that the grief adds an extra element to their life that most kids don't have to go through so young. But I also want to to tell you that there's some benefits some things that I've seen in my kids in these last nine years, some things that they've been through that I can see how them working through grief and grief is a very open subject in our home. We talk about it often when they bring it up. Um, Early on, I did bring it up to ensure that they knew it was a safe subject. And I can talk about that on another podcast because that's actually a whole nother tangent and I don't wanna take up too much of your time. But acknowledging that some of the things, some of the struggles that your kids are going through, well, all of them, has a grief element to it that needs to be addressed. Even if it is just letting them know you understand it's hard and that that you're struggling with it as well. Now, does that mean we let them get away with bad coping skills and negative behaviors because of the grief? No, but we help them understand as they are developmentally mature, what's going on. Help them to identify their feelings, their emotions, what they need in the moment. Isaac needed concrete. This is what happens, you know, and he needed to know if there's another emergency, what are the steps to take? Whereas Linda's needed to know someone was going to be there for her. And knowing that, I was able to prepare them. I was able to put people in our lives that would fill that role and 
willingly would do it and reinforce that as well. And so we put this protective barrier around. We put the the grief parenting in the center and realize that there was an element of that in every behavior. So it meant extra conversations with teachers and coaches and friends. It meant that my kids and the word dead is used often. And that makes some adults very uncomfortable, but it's how my kids process. And so uh, letting them, letting the people around us understand as well, kind of what's going on in their world and helping them work through it. And because of that, some of the benefits are the, the empathy that they have. They can walk up to a, a kid who just lost a parent and say that they know what they're going through and will sit with them and talk with them and make them feel heard. They understand loss. They understand hardship. They understand that you have to overcome trials and hardships and the hard things in life. And unfortunately, they had to learn it really young. But also because they had to learn that really young, it's part of their natural makeup now. I mean, they're still kids. We, I still have to remind them, hey, we've been through hard things before. We'll get through this. But those building blocks are there. And I can just point out different things that they've been through and show them how resilient they are and the grit that they are developing. And if it wasn't for the grief, I don't think that they would have that at this point. I also let them know that they have a purpose, that I don't believe anything is wasted and everything has a reason. And that though we don't know why they were chosen to go to walk this walk, I know that there's a reason for it. And that also, that lifts them up to let them know that they are special and they have a purpose. They have an intention and they're put on this earth for a reason. And they get to discover it at the same time I get to discover mine. I get to help them see glimpses of what what they're learning and why they're learning it. They have a depth of emotion that a lot of kids don't understand. They also have some deep emotions that we have to deal with that I'm hoping one day they'll be they'll they'll have a good control over those emotions and be able to deal with them in a rational way. Um yeah, doesn't make any teenagers, teenage lives any easier though, that's for sure. But my point here, and what I just wanted to share with you, is don't take lightly what the kids are going through when they're grieving. Understand that there's a process. And when they ask you the same question over and over, it's not because they weren't listening. It's because they're gaining a better understanding. And This is an opportunity for you to deepen your response based on their understanding and what they need to hear. It's a, it's a opportunity for you to gain a deeper relationship with them and connect with them because you know, it's on their heart and you have that bond with them and you have that shared experience that no one else in the world has. 
And so your relationship with them is actually deeper than it would have been with than without it. So embrace that and know that even though parenting is so hard and parenting through your grief, grieving children is even harder, there's still beauty in it. And I know that you can do it. I know that together we can walk this walk, talk this talk, and raise these kids to be empathetic adults who are willing to walk the walk with other people. So let's just pick up the baton and take the hardships that we're going through and understand that our child, what they're feeling is real, and we have the opportunity to help share share that experience with them. And I know I did not talk about a lot of things that I wanted to get to. And so please send me your questions because I can I can answer specific questions. And I have a couple more questions that I'll I'll respond to in um, in some later podcasts because this is this is really important. And I don't know about you, but when I learned this piece of information, it was almost like a weight was lifted because oh good, so we get to redo this every developmental stage. So if I did something wrong, I can I can fix it. I can give them a better understanding next time. And they can realize that I make mistakes and I'm still learning as well. So we can learn together. So send me your questions. And if I don't know the answer, I will find someone who does. And we can walk this walk together. We can walk this walk together, realizing it's probably the toughest walk we will ever go through, but it's also the most important and life-changing. And it's okay if we don't get it right every time. It's really the intention and it's the grace and it's us being willing to get in the weeds with them that matters. As they grow, they will know we were there and that we support them. And that's, that's all that really we can promise them. And that's enough. We just have to embrace it. Hey friend, I hope you loved today's episode. I hope you start to claim the confidence to walk in a judgment-free zone as you continue this healing journey. Now I want to invite you to look into working with me. I'm a full-time restoration and confidence coach with a background in marriage and family therapy. And not only that, but friend, I've walked it. As you heard in my story, I've experienced grief, loss, pain, feeling stuck. I've had the desire to break free from the fog and rise up again after the hurt, after the pain, and move out of the grief cycle to begin to wake up with purpose again and live a life of meaning and kind of rediscover who I was before the grief while I was uncovering who I'm becoming. And I have been called to help you with the same thing. So if you feel you're ready to step back into the light, wash away the old, not forgetting the past, but stepping into a new position of purpose, confidence, and identity, I would love to be your coach and mentor through the process. I only take a few clients each month and would love to get you on the calendar to help you navigate this journey. Email me at Tammy at TammyMarieCoaching.com. Until then, I'll meet you here next week with another awesome topic to help you claim the life that you desire. Don't forget to take a screenshot, tag me, share on Facebook and Instagram, and please share this with another broken-spirited mom who is in need of some soul restoration. Don't forget to rate and review, and until next time, take a deep breath and know there is hope. Bye, friend.